The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Gratitude goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, host Richard Mabian and his co-host Rich Kodowski will speak with their guest Zach Pastor, lobbyist for the Kansas Sierra Club. Today on Eco Radio KC, we will learn more about the future of solar energy to provide electricity in Kansas. The Kansas Legislature has three solar-related bills that are being followed by the Sierra. Club. The Legislators Committee on Energy and Utilities has met in preparation for the start of the 2024 session in January. In addition to industry and regulatory witnesses, the committee considered eminent domain in context of transmission. The Sierra Club is in support of large-scale transmission infrastructure and responsibly cited renewable power plants, but opposed to projects in which the environment is unnecessarily destroyed or developers take advantage of communities. The Sierra Club's view is that transmission can be done in a way that benefits all customers, public health, the environment, and the Kansas economy. It believes eminent domain should be a tool of last resort and that Kansas has to upgrade electricity transmission to make better use of low-cost energy resources, but that decisions about transmission investment in Kansas require open public dialogue and community planning. Environmental justice must be considered and impacts on local diverse communities must be understood and mitigated to ensure fair treatment. We are all in this together and it will take all of us to make the world safe for human habitation for millennia to come. We at Eco Radio are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable Sustainable present for a sustainable future. Now, our show. Good evening, everyone. This is, or I should say, be happy belated Thanksgiving for those of you who had a great day yesterday and are sitting around now stuffed and people trying to force food down yet. So I'm glad you all here. Uh, um, I, I, I somehow I, I believe in taking these shows on the holidays so that the other folks can go home and be with the family. Not that I'm not. I'm in this time. I'm in Dallas. The last show I was on, I was in D.C. So I'm having quite a few trips around the country to uh, during this time. Uh, the one here in Dallas is a Thanksgiving trip that I make every year. 
The one to D.C., though, that's where I was the last time I talked to y'all. I was there for that justice party. We had so much to talk about, I really didn't get a chance to to explain to you what that was about. And I don't know if I'll have a chance now or not. But it has to do with a, a, a program that Biden them passed for this infrastructure money. And in, within it is a area, in a, is a is a... I don't know what you call it, a clause or something. It's called Justice 40. And 40% of the infrastructure money is designated to be spent on the disadvantaged communities, low-income and disadvantaged communities. That's both rural and urban. And I got invited up to speak to represent the the, the urban communities on, on from the ground up, from the bottom up concept of what, we are thinking about that Justice 40 program. And the only concern I have is that most people who live in urban America, especially in our cities, don't even know about the program. Uh, it's, it's not even being discussed. I mean, you know, people like when there's criminals or crimes, you run to the ministers, and that's great. But I'm telling you, they haven't even been approached with this Justice 40 plan. That money's sitting up there just about ready to go to waste because our rural communities are busy. And that's what I said to him when I was in D.C. I want you to know your guy, your guy, Richard, made a hell of oop, a heck of a, a, a presentation in D.C. And, and, and things have resonated behind it as far as people that are establishing relationships with me here in Kansas City and the things we're trying to do, even though our conversation is still yet to be heard by anybody here. But it's growing, and they were so excited about it. I mean, you couldn't believe it, what happened when it was over and everybody was rushing my way. I thought it was a protest or something. I wasn't for sure. But it worked out real well, and we made some important parts about we need to get our people trained and put to work. That's our responsibility to do that. So, well, I'll talk more about that later on. I'm going to be with you on Christmas too, by the way. I, I got that day. And my and, and, and of course, my co-host, Rich, is also going to be with me on Christmas because I told him he didn't have a choice. I know in the world I'm going to be here by myself. So, Rich, say, say hello to everybody, man. Hey, it's great to be back, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. And of course, they saved us for Christmas when they have the biggest <laughs> audience. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. If it wasn't for the fact I was black and I'm in charge over here, y'all think I was being treated meanly. <laughs> they always got me at the, at the worst time to be there. But I love it because this is the happiest time of the year. And I think that the message I got needs to be heard. And that's why I got my other regular on here. Zach, if you know, if y'all know anything about my shoes, Zach is our legislative guy with the Sierra Club. And I always have him come on and bring us up to date on what's happening in the legislature in, in Topeka. Hello, Jack, say something to folks, man. Yeah, hi Richard and Rich. It's uh, Zach. Great to be back with you again. Uh, feeling uh, extra thankful after the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, excited to be back on Eco Radio. All right, well, we got you here, and well, we had a show. Terry, our our our, our production manager, had a show. Uh, oh, I don't know what. Not very much longer. Not too long ago, and it was with Terry. You want to kind of mention that for me, please? Who that was? You were work. You were meeting with. Are you talking about Mendoza, the Sierra Club regional attorney yes, out of California? Yes. yes. Uh huh. 
And, and he, he was talking with, about the IRA. The IRA. You gave a great outline. You did a great job interviewing him. And, and so you could understand all the potential benefits. Every pastor in Kansas City ought to be listening to that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, he, I did nothing. The Sierra Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. But what? But wasn't that the one that had the solar too? Solar for all. Solar for all. Okay, that's what she was so impressed with. That that's what she. I told she wanted to talk about solar on the air, and I told her you, Zach, was the ideal person for us to do it. So let's get started. I gotta watch my time. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in I'm I'm, I'm in transit. So my timing's going to be off. Uh, right now it's 6.07. We good. We got till 6.15. So go, let's get started on what you were going to bring us from the legislator's perspective about solar. And Rick, if we got any questions, we'll do a direct them on what he's saying. Go ahead, Zach. Well, as uh, uh, Darnell alluded to at the top of the program, is that uh, Kansas has uh, three pieces of solar legislation, and there could be more uh, this legislative session. So uh, this is the second year of the two-year legislative cycle, and uh, uh, both Sierra Club and other groups, including uh, solar, uh, clean energy businesses, and those uh, that are thinking about uh, le uh, electric rates and ways that we can bring them down um, while bringing forth expanded energy supply through solar, uh, introduced a couple of other bills dealing with solar. So let me just uh, break it down for you. Uh, Kansas is one of the top 10 states for sunny days, but one of the top or one of the bottom 10 states for solar energy. Uh, I think we're actually uh, 46th in the nation in solar energy output, uh, while we're about number 10 for an actual solar resource. And so we just think it's uh, not harnessing our, uh, our homegrown energy resources uh, by not developing the solar. And as uh, both of you know, there's, there's ample opportunity to have a homegrown energy source power uh, jobs uh, in local communities. You know, solar businesses uh, can help hire people in, in local communities. People can start their own solar businesses in their own community, help their neighbors and community install that solar uh, on their roof or, or um, you know, on a community building or, or a school. And uh, those entities can take uh, advantage of low cost solar to help pay their energy bills. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, we got a number of different bills, uh, both on rooftop solar and kind of geared towards individual and, and community members. And then we have other legislative uh, opportunities for kind of large scale solar farms and uh, getting big time businesses the ability to have solar uh, generate enough solar for for uh, at scale for their needs. All right. Uh, so uh, Rick, I can talk Rick, to you yeah. a little bit about some of the specific legislation, but I'll pause for now. Yeah, but Rick, anything you want to shoot at him? Because I'm ready too. But go ahead. Uh, not so much, Richard. But and I don't know if this Zach, if this is for you, but um, one of the big 
challenges for solar was that the panels didn't work real well in shade and there was it, w- it would hurt the cells but i've heard there's new technology coming out one from njit in new jersey and there's a public benefit corporation in southern california that's got a new design that works in the shade so that they, they last a lot longer has does this legislation uh, specifically require any of those new solar panel technologies or is it up to us to just pick the best one yeah, the, good question. Uh, it, it is uh, open-ended for, okay. for what uh, opportunities provide. Uh, there's no specific requirements for any particular type of solar in the legislation out there. Um, so as we've seen, the price of solar panels have come down dramatically in the last 10 years and can expected to continue to do so. Uh, but the market will keep improving. The technology will keep improving to make yeah, their, the their performance is improving dramatically. And right. then and then the second question is um, microgrids. Right. Is that part is that in the legislation also or we would just do that ourselves? Okay. It's 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 a strategy, but not a uh, an element of the legislation. Now, I'll say those are all good, excellent questions. And Kansas is kind of wrestling whether or not they want to do a state energy plan. Mm. And so a lot of these topics could come forth in, in a dialogue amongst leaders to develop a state energy plan. And one example of the microgrid, uh, I think it would be pretty beneficial we're about to get one of our largest users of electricity in the state of Kansas uh, for their electric vehicle battery factory. Mm. Panasonic is coming to Kansas, um, DeSoto, Kansas, out, uh, pretty close out here to Northeast Kansas to, to Richard and I, and they're going to use about twice as much power as the next leading user of power in the state. So some big time power needs uh, for a big factory producing a number of electric vehicles. A microgrid would be extra beneficial to a factory like that so they can keep running 24-7 and never go down uh, or at least have a backup option in case the their energy supplier does go down. Um, so uh, good good point on the microgrid. Oh, thank you, Zach. Uh, Richard, it's all yours. I see I got a couple of minutes here before we take our break, and then we're going to come straight back in. But this is the the, 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 the side of the equation I'm going to deal with this on. Job training, workforce development. And even with our state being 46, which means that there's a tremendous, especially with us being the 10th, one of the 10th hottest states in the nation or whatever the term that we classification they gave us says that if and when it does become a factor kansas is going to be hot it's going to be a top spot to be in for businesses for employment opportunities is that right that's right okay that's right now when we come back on that's the area that i'm gonna focus in for the rest of this uh 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 show because david Corton, no i got to ran down to a minute i'll see it when i come back in to start the next session so this is richard uh richard mabian i'm here at kkfi.org come on join us see you in a second yeah that's good if you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide you can dial the suicide prevention lifeline at 988 or go to 
www.lifeline.org. This is a public service announcement of 90.1 FM KKFI. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. In recent decades, wildfires have scorched forests in the western U.S. and Canada. By contributing to climate change, the world's biggest carbon polluters made those fires far more destructive. And new research shows by just how much. Pablo Ortiz Partida of the Union of Concerned Scientists says carbon pollution is making the region hotter and drier, which creates more fuel for fires. It's these hot and dry conditions that enable wildfires to burn more forest area. His team found that nearly 40% of the area burned by forest fires in Western North America over a 25-year period can be attributed to the amount of carbon pollution produced by 88 major fossil fuel producers and cement makers. So that amounts to nearly 20 million acres of area, which is roughly an area the size of the state of Maine. He says these wildfires are costly. Until now, the general public has been paying that bill with tax money. And this is not right because while the fossil fuel companies haven't been the ones lighting the match, they have certainly increased the fuel. So he hopes the study can be used to help hold these companies legally responsible. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To learn more about climate change, visit climateconnections.org. All right, this is Richard Maybe, and I'm back. And uh, this was a short break, and I'm here with my my my, my co-host Rich, and also my might as well be a host. I mean, he's here so much, Zach, and uh, we are talking about some legislative uh, concerns that we have going on in Topeka, and because we had a guy on here that was talking about solar, uh, Terry thought that would be really great follow up to bring Zach in because the whole solar issue is somewhat in limbo in a political posturing, for lack of a better way of saying it. And and, and so while that is still being discussed, and it will be, I want, I want, I just make proclaim that I'm going to deal with the job training and workforce development, because this is why the thing that turned me on to the environmental movement was David Corton. When he made a com, he made a presentation about peak oil. See, regardless of what people may be trying to do to prolong the fossil fuel industry, David said that the end of peak oil, the end of oil, is a coming. You know, and that by such times as 2050 uh, and around those years, we will be, there be so little oil left up under the ground that we're not going to have a choice as far as producing energy. So, you know, they having problems now with the oil that they bringing up, not being of the quality they need to be able to use. So that on one thing, they was bringing it up and selling it to China because they, they really didn't want to use that quality here. So all I'm saying is this is a perfect time with that J-40 money to get these low-income, sleeping-up-on-the-bridge people trained with some skills in the solar field. 
So as that evolves, we will have, as Rick says, a workforce. I mean, that's what I'm pushing on in every conversation that I can have, only because of that J-40 money. That's not taken away from no state government money, no city government money. That's taken away from a federal bill that's been passed that was designed for that portion of the population. I mean, so that's rural and city. So as a as a facilitator of of, of American harmony, then that's what I think that in my particular case I'm gonna be pushing. So I just wanted to throw that out. But go ahead, Zach. Go, yeah. go to your next one. I'll say very well put, Richard. I mean, imagine uh, we have the most jobs every every community. I guess let me put it this way: every community ought to have someone in the community professional that can help do their plumbing. Every community should have an electrician. Every community should have someone as like an energy analyst to help them save energy uh, in their community, uh, help install solar panels. You know, that's what communities, large and small, need to have a go-to uh, person, group of uh, people, companies, etc to help them solve their issues locally, right? We can all agree on that. Right. And so if we think about how to make that happen for solar in Kansas, let me put this in perspective. As far as jobs in the energy sector, you know what the number one sector of, of the most, who has the most jobs in the energy yeah. sector? You might uh -huh. think it's oil and gas. You might think it's, you know, wind. Wind's pretty popular. It powers most of our energy in Kansas. No, the, the amount of jobs created by one particular element of the ener in energy industry leading the way is energy efficiency. So helping Correct. people put in their, their retrofits as far as uh, uh, HVACs and heating and cooling, helping them with the insulation. That provides on the amount of jobs, the most amount of jobs in the energy sector. And so if you think about that, and then you also think about Kansas being second to last in terms of energy efficiency ranking yes, among state, that's only going to grow. If we were to actually make it a priority issue, and you guys know what I'm talking about, if we actually helped communities save energy, and then it help them develop the workforce and employed people to help their neighbors and community members save energy, we can make that leading sector of energy jobs go way even more. That's right. In perspective, I think I saw in Kansas, we have about over 16,000 of those jobs related to energy efficiency. As far as solar goes, we only about have about 1,000 jobs, so significantly less. For yes. wind, for wind, for the amount of, of wind power that we have, we're one of the top states for wind power. It's it, it's the it's where we get most of our energy for electricity in Kansas is wind power. Uh, there's there's probably about somewhere between four thousand and five thousand jobs is the estimate. Okay, so comparatively. For solar, the opportunity is right because that's a lot of different buildings, houses, and land 
that can provide a real job for people to to put them on the houses like construction workers etc electricians to time into the electricity uh but then and also sales people to go out and you know make sure that the solar array is fitted right uh for the consumer all that that's just right there and while we're sitting at the you know the bottom of the states as far as the bottom 10 uh, for a top 10 resource, we could be doing a lot more and giving people livelihoods, training, yes. and uh, and generations of economic prosperity to come. I agree. You know, uh, uh, for the folks who are listening, we are the only station in town that you would hear this. This is the only program on this station that you would hear what we're sitting there talking about. That's what makes Eco Radio, and that's what makes KKFI such a powerful station in this city we live in. See, and, and, and I want y'all to remember that when we have fun drives, please, so we can help keep us <laughs> on the air. Uh, I'm serious. You're not going to get this from anyone else. Who else is talking about the, the fact that we got people we can put to work? I mean, you know, I mean, and, and, and it's in a state. It's almost like I feel like we in Africa where they got all that sun and nothing over there to deal with it. That don't make any sense. So we don't want to be in that position or be at the last minute when you when you when it's downhill and we rushing to get people. This would be the time to take the time to make sure people learn what they need to learn. And this could be a beautiful way for doing it. Solar farms. Don't negate me on solar farms. Farms. I like solar farms. I think the land bank property that we got in these cities and stuff would be a perfect way. I think I see a hand coming up in there. Come on in. This is Terry. I wanted to say that in Kansas, the Solar for All, for All program is under the Kansas Housing Resources Corporation. And their website is kshousing.com. Core C O R P dot O R G. Now then, they are the agency running the solar for all dollars, which come from the feds, and it's billions of dollars. But then, with respect to job training, and I don't know that I know the absolute answer, Richard, but there's a little bit of a breakdown here. Mark. The Metropolitan Area Regional Corporation Council has the planning for job training grants yes. in the Kansas City area. So any entity can apply until the deadline of April 24, this next April, for an implementation grant to get solar installed. But if people would like to contact Mark, and that's M-A-R-C dot O-R-G, to ask for job training grants for solar and energy efficiency training. And then this is my promise. We'll get more information about that on Eco Radio KC. But as of today, that's, that's all we know. 
That's that's fantastic. After our last show, I'm not saying it was our show, but we had Jeff on, the guy that's we're running the program up in the Wichita State. Mark uh, contacted. In fact, they contacted me when I was in D.C. on that show. Mark contacted Jeff, and they also contacted me. And December the 14th, we're going to be their keynote speakers at a at a waste management meeting they're having and and for on over the lunch at hour. So I, I'm excited about it because what you're saying is very true. I mean, that that's where the grants are for the job training. So I want to be in a position to be able to make sure the things we're saying are also included in that discussion because the grants that they're talking about and concentrating on are your already existing contractors. They can come into the inner city and do the work, and I'm not opposed to that. That's part of the system, too. But we want to make sure that they're not overlooking what we can do from a perspective with those neighborhood groups, some of those nonprofit organizations, uh, like, like 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 the CAP agencies is who I'm pushing to do it, to get involved in seeing how they can create some type of apply for some of that money to make sure that they can get people at that levels also trained and involved in it to give this this solar world a positive image over the negative image that's coming out of the political arenas you know because it's a it's a different situation situation for them go ahead terry Oh, that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to make sure that everyone listening knows to contact Mark if they're interested in job training. Now then, Richard, I want you to ask your group, if a person were to go into training for solar installation, what does that involve? I believe to have to be an electrician would help. I believe to be a carpenter would help. I believe to be a logistics person to get the collectors together it's a wiring job it's an electrician's job does anybody have any other ideas on that i'm gonna throw this in because i think it's the hottest thing that's going on in kansas city right now metro energy just got a grant that involves some of the heavyweights to include Mark, uh, involve the heavyweights to get training. And what they're doing, because see the state of Missouri passed a, a building code regulation that there's a certain code you gotta have for dealing with buildings and homes when you're doing the retrofitting work. That means everyone who's on that job has to go somewhere and learn those codes. Kansas City, Kansas Community College is one of the locations that's gonna be teaching it. And then they got a couple of spots over in Kansas City, Missouri. That is is not like a one shop all kind of deal. People will have to be guided into a career process where they gain different aspects of the jobs that are going to be available. That's why I said it's not a nobody's knocking down the door on them as much as chasing the contractors to come in to get started because they already know. But I'm saying we need to make sure that we're making it known to the public, the folks that work with these folks that there is some opportunities out there we'll talk we'll have a show on that i promise you that that's what's going to happen on the 25th for you people that's going to be sitting at home we're going to talk about that this is richard mabian at uh, kkfi 
and uh, we'll be back. Thank you. Hi, I'm Janine Jackson, host of Counterspin, your weekly look behind the headlines. Counterspin couldn't exist without stations like KKFI that put community first. We're proud to air every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. And if you miss it, you can find it at kkfi.org. That's Counterspin every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. right here on KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Are you passionate about making a difference in your community? So are we. KKFI's Community Voices series is dedicated to featuring local individuals and organizations that are driving positive change. If you have a story to share or initiative that you want to showcase, we invite you to submit your information at kkfi.org slash community voices. Together, let's amplify your impact and inspire others to join the movement. Join us on Community Voices and to share the positive differences made in our communities. Here's a calendar for the week of November 27th. The U.S. Department of Energy announces the Mid-America Regional Council was selected as a recipient of a Renew America's Nonprofit Grant to implement energy efficiency building upgrades for nonprofit organizations in the Kansas City region. The program's emphasis will target to those nonprofit organizations serving disadvantaged populations and communities. Contact Mark at marc.org. Want lower electric bills? Share the Sun can help. Share the Sun is a free solar energy program that helps low-income KCMO residents reduce their energy bills. Eligible homeowners can receive an energy system with 25-year warranty at no cost. To qualify, a person must own and occupy their home, have a roof 10 years old or less, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and make equal to or less than 60% area medium income. To sign up, email solar at jerusalemfarm.org. The program will continue to the end of the 2023 calendar year. Mark is building community coalitions who will meet regularly to guide development of priorities for regional climate action plan implementation. Please join us online or at Mark's offices for November coalition meetings. Register at marc.org. Tuesday, November 28th, all day and any day is Giving Tuesday. You're welcome to select one of the organizations you hear about on Eco Radio KC to support their work. You can improve our environment. Tuesday, November 28th, 6 p.m., Wild Research Agroforestry is a webinar. What are the benefits of integrating trees and shrubs into row crop and animal farming systems? Learn the answers with University of Missouri master's student Emmanuel Opong. The free event will be held online via Zoom. The program is part of K-State Research and Extension's new webinar series, Wild Research. To learn more and to register, go to greenabilitymagazine.com. Wednesday, November 29th, 8.30 to 10 a.m., KCECO.org networking organization event hosted by the Missouri Coalition for the Environment. These events are free to all attendees, but registration is required. Attendance is limited to individuals who work with or who volunteer with organizations in the Kansas City area who are working to improve the environment. Register at moenvironment.org 
Thursday, November 30th at 11 a.m., Tree Planting in Town Fork Creek Park, 5701 Agnes Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri. You can join Bridging the Gap in the Heartland Conservation Alliance for one of the largest tree planting days of the season. When you plant a tree, you leave a legacy for generations to come. To sign up, visit bridgingthegap.org. Friday, December 1st at the Glenwood Arts Theater in Overland Park, a special screening of Common Ground, a hopeful, uplifting story of the pioneers of the regenerative movement. The film prominently features Overland Park native Carrie Gillum, the investigative reporter who has taken on Monsanto. Carrie will be at the special screening post-film Q&A on Friday, December 1st, along with other experts from the film. You can also see this film Wednesday, November 29th, 7 p.m. at Liberty Hall in Lawrence, or Saturday, 4 o'clock at the Glenwood Arts in Overland Park. Saturday, December 2nd, 5.30 to 8.30, Winter Farm Raiser at the KC Farm School, Quell Davis Community Greenhouse at KC Farm School on Gibbs Road in Kansas City, Kansas. You can join for an evening featuring a locally sourced dinner from Homesteader, live music, and interactive poetry. The On Farm event celebrates five years of the nonprofit. There's a cost for tickets. See more at kcfarmschool.org. My name is Liz. Stay involved. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. All right, this is Richard Maybe and I'm back. You got to love it, baby. You got to love it. Uh, being a community radio station is the greatest thing that God ever gave us. And uh, and, and I'm, so, I'm honored to be able to be in a position to be a part of this. I'm telling you, man. I mean, this world we live in is good to have something like this to feel good about. Uh, we got about 15 minutes left here, fellas. And I and I kind of want to uh, separate it in uh, three segments. Um, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm I think Zach, I'm gonna have you get questioned by Rick first on the business aspect of it, Rick. I want to hear how you feel. Uh, people out there who are considering getting involved in a business can um, uh, approach what they he or hear us talking about. Okay. So then, uh, uh, I, I, of course, you know, I'll jump in in between as we go down the line. And then, Zach, I want to end uh, with you uh, again, coming back into your uh, legislative concerns. And uh, you, uh, before we started, we were talking something about the uh, electric vehicles and those kind of things. And maybe you could throw something in there about that. And any other hot button item that you think people need to hear. So go ahead, Rick, kick us off. So, Richard, it's funny that you asked me that question. I don't know if I have a, have a question for Zach, but I have a little bit of a sermon. Well, maybe sermons. I'm not allowed to say that anymore, right? I have a little. Speech. No, it's all right. We'll let you slide. Go ahead. <laughs> I have this. I have this vision of uh, of a mama out in the neighborhood, maybe listening, and she's just letting all this stuff go by her because she's thinking, "Hey, uh, what's this got to do with me? Not much I can do about it, but I'm I'm glad for my grandkids that they can do this." Or I picture. A 40-year-old person that's in the game, who's getting tired of the game, realizing there ain't that much money in it as there used to be, and looking for a way to get out. Uh, maybe someone that was did some time and thinks, oh, man, nobody will trust me again, uh, looking for an opportunity to really make some some money and make a contribution, and, and has learned from their past. And I see a high school kid who's trying to stay out of the game. 
And they're, they might be listening to this program and thinking, well, so what? You know, what? am I going to get a job? Not really. And, and I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian. Because since the war on poverty began 60 years ago, we've been talking about jobs. And I'm calling BS. Because we got a lot of people right now, the way the world is, we need people that are motivated. And, and, and it's not about job skills. It's about the people who employ them. And the mama and the dude in the game and the kid in high school who's trying to stay out of the game, they think business is all about numbers and money and all that. It's not. Richard calls me a capitalist. Capitalists are about money. Capitalists are about investing money and not working. They don't want it. Capitalists become capitalists because they don't like people entrepreneurs like people and you can be a successful business owner if you have people skills and i mama i know everybody in the neighborhood comes to you that's what that's what an entrepreneur is mama so my inspiration for leaving a seven-figure job and doing social impact work was a woman who worked on a on a soup line she worked in a soup kitchen she didn't even go to college and she got sick of seeing the same family, four generations of the same family come through her soup line. She said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing it. She shook her finger at God. She said, I'm not doing this anymore. So with no business experience, she just started telling people, I want to teach these people how to have job skills. Do you know what she ended up with? A $40 million company. No college degree, no business, no nothing. She got out there and she said, hey, would you help train my people? And would you uh, donate machine time? And hey, would you donate some materials? Do you know what she had? She had people skills and she had courage. So get off the couch, ladies or men. Get off the couch. You can do something. I'm going to tell you, Richard, you know, he's not a rich and powerful person. Well, guess guess what Richard, little Richard, maybe on nobody from Kansas City did. He brought the head of the cap agency together with the head of the Department of Energy. Now, you would think that those two people with PhDs from Harvard would think to meet each other, but they don't have any common sense. Right. <laughs> and Mama, you got common sense. 40 year old dude in the game. You got common sense because you wouldn't be in the game at 40 if you didn't have common sense. Hey, high school kid, you're a leader too. And you can run a business as a high school kid because you know what? I judge a person by what comes out of their mouth and the, and the, and the ideas. So I'm telling you, this is not – you got you will never have an opportunity in your life again to get some of that Justice 40 money. You don't have to be a nonprofit. You don't have to be a, have a college degree. You don't – what you need – is relationships with people in the neighborhood and you've got to be able to communicate the opportunity with them and mama you will run a better business no offense to all my friends out there that ain't some cracker in in the other county right they want to work for you mama dude in the game they want to work for you they don't work for me believe me i tried it i had a lot of qualified people in patterson come to work for me but it's a culture it's a culture problem so we don't just need a trained workforce. We need people that can motivate that workforce. And if you can motivate that workforce, you will make money and do good. 
So I'm sorry, I don't mean to get all preachy and speechy, but I'm well, telling you. Oh, you went there. You went there. That's good. But I'm, I'm I'm saying this is what makes this program so successful. Because we're we we we're about people. You know, we're we're trying to give people the kind of information that they personally need for taking steps in life for not only themselves, but in Momo's case, the people that she's raising, the people that respond to her, the people who see her as having the knowledge of what I call it, how to create a art of survival that comes from Momo. Yes, that didn't it come from no K through 12 school. That yep. came from Mama. So we need to provide Mama and Uncle Bob with the kind of information they need in them neighborhoods to be able to help these kids get away from all them criminals that are running around out there making them scared and stuff. That's well, what we need to be able to do. Remember a few weeks ago we had Mark on? Yes. Mark wants to help Mama start a business. There it is. Mark Mark wants to help the dude in the game that's trying to get out of the game and bring a couple younger people with him. Because in the game, you're only making minimum wage now anyway. Right. You're risking the chance of going to jail or getting shot or getting killed, and you're destroying your community. Hey, you can make twice as much as that, not not have to go to jail, and help your community. Right? That's it, buddy. So that's, that's why it. Mark is here. That's, That's why right. Mark is here. And, and there's a thousand marks out there. You don't know him because you live in your neighborhood. But you get you get with Richard, he's got a thousand marks that want to help you. But right. Mark, Mark is a skinny little white guy. He can't go into the neighborhood and hire anybody. Right. right. You know, right. it ain't gonna happen. But, but because of him, we're getting some people in the neighborhoods acclimated yep. to what it is he can do. And yep. that's exactly what we're doing. That's what this this contract that a, a metropolitan energy company got is in the process of being able to bring those people there. See, the problem we have is being able to get them paid while they're there. You know, so now there's money available to get them paid while they're there. And that's what we've been waiting on. Hey, and listen, it. if any of y'all are willing to set up your corporation as a public benefit corp, I've got people that'll help you. I'll there be your is. partner. You, See, gotta, you can't you got relationships. I'll be your partner. That's what that's what KKFI is becoming through Eco Radio, a place where people can reach out to to be able to be a benefit for them back in their own home, their own home front, their own neighborhood. Okay, Zach. Well, I got. I, I see. Want... I got about five minutes left, and it's your time. Up to yeah, just... you got four of them. Okay, well, I just want to say I thought that was uh, beautifully put, Rich, and I'll say that the same opportunity exists for uh, people who may not think themselves as, as business people or entrepreneurs to have that opportunity. I think the same could be said for providing influence on the political realm and and uh, by engaging your legislators or end up uh, deciding that maybe you want to run for office in the, in the future too. The same opportunity exists where you might not think of yourself as a, a mover and shaker or, or political or, or government oriented. There is that opportunity to influence your uh, state lawmakers or local representatives or become one yourself. So I think I think uh, I thought that was uh, very well put. I'll just say in a few minutes I've I've left. I was thinking about a um, person I talked to earlier tonight. That's uh, they're trying to provide an opportunity for them to 
impact their energy bills themselves. They're tired of the high electric rates that they're getting from their public utility. They're trying to invest in their home and their future bills uh, by putting solar on their house. They bought solar, they put them on, and next thing you know, they're in the, uh, they're getting uh, um, knocked on their door by their homeowners association, saying we don't allow home, we don't allow solar on our homes in this area. Well, why not? What's the problem? It said it's part of our bylaws. So that person has now got their solar panels that they put but uh, pick money out of their own pocket and invested in to control their energy bills are now sitting in their garage. This is a truck driver. His wife's a school teacher. They're not making the big bucks. They're trying to do what they can to, to do right by the environment, but also practically by their own uh, home finances and their energy bills. Not allowed. Fortunately, there's some legislation out there, got passed in Missouri last year. It's on t the table in Kansas, and that's just one of the bills that's out there that, with the support, could help the grow the opportunity for solar in Kansas. So I thought that was a pretty interesting story. And this was, believe me, when I was talking to this person, this wasn't your uh, diehard liberal uh, or progressive person, they just want to take energy matters in their own hands and not right. be, uh, in their their words, be price gouged by their electrical utility. So I think that opportunity exists, whether you're urban or rural. We got programs like Justice 40 and the Solar for All program to help uh, communities that have been um, uh, previously um, uh, not provided that opportunity, disadvantaged communities, whatever you want to provide, uh, say. But the opportunity is now, if with with leadership and courage from community leaders, um, but also the opportunity for legislators to help clear the deck so we don't have regulatory obstacles, we can make this happen and create uh, long-lasting, good-paying jobs to help the community in the long run. I, I Jeff, I, I mean Zach, I really appreciate what you're saying, uh, Rick. This has been uh, the kind of show that I was hoping we would have. Of course, you can't you can't have bad shows when you have good people. Uh, you you really don't need an agenda. You just just ask them to say something, and they're gonna bring this the the, the lesson the the message to you. And that's what both of you have done. And you know, you always got me here to keep backing it up and doing it. Uh, uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just when you were speaking there, Zach, I couldn't help but think in terms of here's Eco Radio that's sitting here talking about employment opportunities and and ways to start businesses and and, and it's independent stuff. So you, you got to love that. All right. My time's running out. I don't want to make Terry upset. You're being to cut me off. Thank Give you both. Your for email being... address, Richard. Get yeah. Oh, they got the use the one at the station. Everybody knows that. Just go to the station and that they'll make contact with us in the way that we need to. They got you covered. Thank you for being here. Continue to enjoy this holiday and I'll be with you on Christmas. Oh, thank oh, you guys. Do you have feedback about the shows you hear on KKFI? The KKFI Listener Survey is the way to let us know. You can go online to kkfi.org slash survey and give us your thoughts on our programming. 
This is MC Richardson, chairman of the United Minority Media Association, inviting you to participate in Yuma's 50th anniversary, Saturday, December the 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Bruce L. Watkins Cultural Heritage Center, 3700 Blue Parkway, KCMO, workshops, presentations, and awards, plus a luncheon. For more information and donations, call 816-694-2273. My name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of November 27, 2023. The 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference, more commonly referred to as COP28, will be the 28th United Nations Climate Change Conference. It starts 30 November until 12 December 2023 at the Expo City, Dubai. Democracy Now! reports. The global average surface temperature has reached more than 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit above pre-industrial levels. It's the first time on record that the Earth's daily average temperature has exceeded the 2-degree benchmark. The 2015 Paris Climate Agreement set 1.5 degree as the maximum allowable global temperature rise to avoid climate catastrophe. EcoWatch reports. Microplastics are now so pervasive in Earth's environment that they are found everywhere from the highest mountain peak to the deepest parts of the ocean. According to a new report, all aquatic species in the mouths of the rivers that flow into the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea are contaminated with microplastics. Mollusks are the most affected because they are capable of filtering large volumes of water. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has updated its Plant Hardness Zone map, a map of the United States that helps gardeners decide what plants will grow best in their local areas based on average annual extreme minimum winter temperature. The update shows an average of 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit warmer across the mainland U.S. Non-stick, waterproof, and stain resistance are all commonplace terms that we understand, but the terms forever chemicals, which make the coating that gives products the ability to resist grease, water, and oil is not so well known. A new study conducted by Texas A&M University found that most Americans have no knowledge of the substances and are not aware of their potential associated risks. Sustainability Action Newsletter Reports With some planning, microgrids could and should be an important part of our energy landscape. A microgrid is a localized energy system that can operate in conjunction with the larger grid or independent of it. Examples include systems that serve housing developments, military bases, school campuses, and medical complexes. Maine passed a microgrid law in 2021, defining them as separate from public utilities. Texas passed passed a law this year to create a $1.8 billion grant program that can help pay for microgrids, among other projects that promote electric grid resilience. 
the negative impacts of hydraulic fracturing on public health, the environment, and the climate are intractable and not fixable through any regulatory framework. According to the ninth edition of the Compendium of Scientific Medical and Media Findings Demonstrating Risk and Harms of Fracking and Associated Gas and Oil Infrastructure, a report published in October of 2023. A new bill could improve America's ability to design safe streets for vulnerable road users such as bikes. Senator John Fetterman introduced a Building Safer Streets Act. The bulk of the legislation gets deep into the weeds of the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices so that it adequately addresses the needs of people outside cars. Inside Climate News Reports the energy system on top of a college residence hall in Omaha, Nebraska, looks like photovoltaic panels. But this is something different. With rows of vacuum-sealed glass tubes that are converting the sun's energy into heat as opposed to electricity, the project went online this summer at Creighton University, and it is a carbon-free system for heating the water used by 400 or so freshmen who live inside. The system is an example of solar thermal energy. The FDA has finally proposed a ban on formaldehyde and hair straighteners and new regulations on the cosmetic industry takes effect next month. The Kansas Reflector reports. State regulators approve a utility rate change that will decrease electricity rate for Kansas City customers and push up prices for other customers in the state, but not as much as the utility company Effergy requested. Effergy customers in the Kansas City Central Territory will be paying approximately $4.64 more per month in electric rates. Customers on the Kansas side of the Kansas City meter will see a 4 decrease or about $6.07 per month. Air pollution particles from coal-fired power plants are more harmful to human health than many experts realize. It's more than twice as likely to contribute to premature death than air pollution particles from other sources, according to new research published in the journal Science. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time. The paved paradise put up a parking lot. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI. 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, 
And you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musicale, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Ooh. 